Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the final class that I shall be teaching this year for the Thames Valley Churches of Christ. Yes, it is almost the end of the year. Hard to believe, but it's flown by. In two weeks' time, Tim and Chevy will be doing a class with a bit of a review of the year, but also then looking ahead. But what I'd like to do today is to help us in our groups, our family groups, our locations, whatever small group you're part of, share a few things with you that would help you to, I suppose in a way, evaluate your spiritual year together. Now, many of the principles we'll talk about here today, you can apply to your own uh, examination of your own spiritual year. But this is more about us corporately, as a group. What has God taught us? Looking back, asking ourselves if we've recognized and can celebrate the lessons God has taught us this year. That's the idea. Because the point is, we can go through time in the Christian life and then not notice what God has done and therefore perhaps not grow in the way that we, we can. You may have heard the old story of the teacher who was passed over for promotion year after year after year. And they got tired of it after 25 years and went to see their boss. And they said, look, I've been here 25 years. I've been teaching. I've got 25 years experience. I should be promoted. And the boss said to the teacher, you don't have 25 years experience. You have one year of experience repeated 25 times. In other words, they've never grown. And that could be true for us in our spiritual lives, right? That's what was going on in Hebrews when uh, they were told, well, look, you, you're on milk. You should be on solid food. You should be craving the meat and getting that by now, but you're still on the milk. And so one of the ways to prevent us getting stuck uh, in our spiritual lives is now and again to take stock. And although coming to the end of the year in some ways is an artificial time to do it, it's just a calendar year, Maybe, though, God has built this, these rhythms into our lives to help us to think through things. And perhaps this is a good time for you and your group to take some time to consider what God has taught you. So that's what I hope to help us uh, with today. My intention, then, is that this leads to refreshment and joy. Sometimes when we look back, we can get a bit burdened by guilt and failures and sins and things we haven't lived up to. And we will need to look at that a bit today. But the point is not to then be stuck in that, that state of guilt or, or burden, but instead to find the ways that God can help us in that to move forward and to grow and to celebrate what he has done. Because often God has done more than we remember. It's only when we deliberately sit down, as, particularly as a group, to remember and think about what God has done, then it becomes clear, oh, that's right, I'd forgotten that, I missed that. So that's the idea here. The Apostle Peter seemed to think that we can continue to grow when he wrote to not only individual Christians, I think, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, but to churches, to groups. He says this to them in chapter 3 of uh, chapter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace. He's giving them a command, but I think it's a command that's an opportunity. It's a grow into this opportunity. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory. Or also take the example of James and John, those firebrand brothers. They grew, they changed, didn't they? In Luke 9, 54, when the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? I mean, you could see that in some kind of Marvel, um, uh, Marvel movie. And then, but the same chap John writes in 1 John 4 and verse 7, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. 
a transformation by knowing Jesus over time. This is our lives. We are transformed in knowing Jesus over time on this earth, becoming more like him. True for us, true for us as groups, as, as congregations. So what I'd like to do is use a tool that originates, I believe, in the 1500s that you might find useful, a four-step process, which is often called the examine the examine. I've mentioned this before in some spiritual disciplines podcasts and, and classes. Some of you will know about this, but if you haven't, I'll explain it. And then uh, you see how you might apply it to your groups, group situation to think through the year just gone. So what is the examine? Well, it goes back to at least the 1500s and it was popularized by someone called Ignatius of Loyola. That's where you first see it written about and, and discussed. And the concept basically is to take some focused time to consider what has been going on and uh, what has been going on, what is going on and what God has been doing and then finding the refreshment we need to go forward. And you can do this, as I said before, personally and you can do it as a group. I mean, an example that comes to mind, of course, is Elijah in 1 Kings 19, when he's up the mountain and in that cave, God gave him an opportunity for some kind of examine while he was in that cave, giving him time to reflect, giving him time to think about God and what God was doing and where God might take him next. A good scripture that comes to mind about this is Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, which says, Search me, O God. Search me. Search me, O God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That might be a scripture to pray over and meditate on before you begin this uh, process. And by the way, I would say if you're going to do this as a group, then you probably want to do some personal preparation in advance before you turn up for the group sort of time of doing the examine. So do some preparation in advance. And you probably can have it, find it handy also to have your diary with you just so you can look back at the year. What happened in January? What happened in February? What were we doing as a group in March and April? A diary would be useful for that. Right, into the four-step process. Firstly, first step, replay. Replay. Think through the highs and lows of your group's spiritual year. This your spiritual life this year. Think about those highs and those lows. A bit like replaying a movie of the year. Go back to January. Go back to February. What were the highs and lows in spiritual terms or just events that happened? The moments of lament and the moments of laughter, the moments of tears and the moments of joy. Ask yourself, where did God show up in this group in 2021? Where did God show up? Where and when was his imminence part of our corporate experience? By imminence, that means his, his, sense, his sense of closeness, of being with us, being present. There's a book I like on prayer by Pete Gregg, and he quotes a Jesuit talking about this kind of idea here. I'll read it for you. He says it's a bit like rummaging for God. You know when you're looking in a drawer for something you've lost and the drawer's got lots of things in it, but you know the thing you've lost is in there somewhere? 
and you die, your hands dive in and you're rummaging around, moving things from side to side, pulling things out, pushing things to the back until you find the thing that you know is in there. Because you and I know God is in our year. He's been in our year. He's still in our year. Where was he? Let's go rummaging through the year for God, uh, going through a drawer full of stuff, feeling around, looking for something that you are sure must be there. That's in Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray. What resources made a significant difference to the quality of your times together as a group this year? Was it the Bible you were studying together? Was it praying together? Was it serving together? What were the ways in which God showed up this year? Write it all down. Make a note of it so that you can remember the ways in which God has been with you this year. That's the first part, replay. The second part, rejoice. Second part is rejoice. Perhaps God surprised you this year. Was there a prayer he answered that you weren't expecting? Did you find something working out about which you'd had your doubts? Did you find, as a group, the courage to act in faith? When you were concerned, you might give in to fear and be worried about what other people thought. Try to remember all the gifts that God gave you this year. Make a list of the things, large and small, uh, the ways in which God blessed you in the last 12 months. And some of those blessings might have come in disguise, right? Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's more subtle, the way that God, God works. Don't forget, God is with us and has been with you in your group, in the fears of your group, in the sins of, within your group, in the doubts within your group, in the painful experiences. In those things, God has been there and you can rejoice in that as much as he has been there in your triumphs uh, and the things over which you can claim some victory. Think about Jonah in the belly of the fish and his prayer. Uh, one of the most ex wonderful expressions of rejoicing in one of the worst places imaginable. He says this in Jonah chapter 2, verses 6 and 9, To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. He's praying that. In the fish, he's able to praise and give thanks. So that's the second thing to do. Write down all the reasons to rejoice. So you've replayed, you've rejoiced. Thirdly, repent. Yep, repent. That's our third stage here. Now, you probably knew we were going to get to the uh, repent phase at some point. And just before we get into it, are you afraid of repentance? I know I am sometimes. Sometimes it uh, gives us a bit of a nervous twitch. And sometimes it's because of upbringing. Sometimes it's because of our own personalities. Sometimes it's to do with the past experiences, even within church, of negative and unhealthy ways in which repentance has been taught and expected of one another. But, but we've got to remember this. We must remember this. God made you and I and our groups. Groups can repent too, not just individuals. They, groups and people, we've been made capable of repentance by God. He made us able to repent because it was something that he knew would do us good. It does an individual Christian good to repent, and it does a Christian group good to repent when it's appropriate. We know the passage in Acts 3, 19, 20. Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come, and the Messiah is going to be with us, even Jesus. So God does not consider repentance negative. It's not the way to 
endear ourselves to him again. We don't pay any debts by repenting. Those debts have already been paid by Jesus, right? What we do by considering our need to repent is we notice the areas for repentance. We take action on them by the power and the strength of the Spirit of Christ in us and in our group. And then we reconnect with the heart of God. And then there's rejoicing. So take some time as a group and as individuals to consider areas where repentance might be a healthy Christ-honoring thing to do. Ways in which you may feel you failed. Let's just put it that way. Sometimes we do fail. We, but I don't mean uh, failing as in uh, uh, something that's fatal, but just there are ways in which we don't live up to that which we've already agreed to and committed ourselves to. And it's just a good thing to be honest about that from time to time so that we can grow. Not living up to that virtuous Christ-like character uh, in the ways that we had uh, hoped we would. And we're not talking here about standards imposed by somebody else, but we're talking about a lifestyle, a walking with Christ, walking like Christ, that at our best, we personally and, and as a group, we wholeheartedly wish we could embrace. So write down and note anything that God reveals to you as a group that you would do well to consider turning away from and do well to consider turning towards. Repentance for your group. That's the third phase here. Then finally, reboot. Reboot is our final um, action or, 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 or chapter of what we're doing here with the examine. So review the first three parts of what we've been talking about. What are the main lessons from your group uh, as you replay your year with God? What is on your rejoicing list? Where is there some room for repentance? And, and once you've got those things clear, then it's time to consider the future, contemplating the year ahead, which, as I'm recording this, is 2022. What is it, this I think might be the key question, what is it that you sense God is drawing you towards? As you pray and talk about this as a group, do you feel that, do you sense that God is drawing you as a group towards something, a focus, a theme, some actions, a, um, an emphasis of the Christian life? What do you sense? And you may need, of course, to pray a fair bit about that. You may not get that nailed in uh, one conversation as a group, but maybe something will become clear between now and the end of the year. Could it be something like a renewed commitment to group prayer? Or perhaps it's an emphasis on fellowship and deeper relationships. How about a focus on serving the hurting and the needy? Um, you know, is the Spirit bringing certain parts of the Scriptures into prominence for you as a group? And that would be good to focus on as a study together. And perhaps he's suggesting you study a particular biblical book. I, there are so many different areas. This list is pretty much uh, endless. But as you pray, trust that God will give you wisdom to know how he's directing you uh, for the year ahead. I think it's why it's so important for us to set time aside for prayer. I know the Christmas period gets busy. We all feel that. But why not make December a time when you, you pray personally, but collectively a little more to enable God to show you some things. So a final word on this process I've been describing today, the examine. There is no exactly correct way to do this. So don't stress yourself out if you find it difficult to do or even not all that helpful. It's simply a tool. Adapt it to your own use, your own group. Um, use the principles in this that mean the most to you that you find most helpful and don't worry about the rest 
the goal here is simply to try and gain some sober judgment about the last 12 months for your group and inviting God to give us wisdom about our present state and filling us with faith uh, for the year ahead. Here's a prayer I'd like to leave you with uh, just to finish. I found this prayer. It's an anonymous prayer. don't know who wrote it. And it's quoted in a book by Richard Foster on prayer called Finding the Heart's True Home. Super book on prayer. And here's this uh, anonymous prayer I'll share with you. It goes like this. Precious Saviour, why do I fear your scrutiny? Yours is an examine of love. Still, I am afraid, afraid of what may surface. Even so, I invite you to search me to the depths so that I may know myself and you in full measure. Amen. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to work through our fears to allow God to refine us and refresh us for his glory and our joy and to make a difference in this world. I pray and hope that this blesses you. You find it useful. If you have any questions, drop me a line. Malcolm at MalcolmCox.org is the best place to get me there. And if you've got any other questions about this, then let me know. In two weeks' time, we'll have a class by Tim and Chevy. But I pray between now and then that you find this to be something useful to you spiritually, personally, but also for your group. Take care and God bless.